Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got an awesome story that involves some real legal action. But first, let's start off with the story by Snoopickles1731. Company refuses to pay me overtime. I left job site with job incomplete and client unhappy. This happened years ago when I was just starting to wake up to companies abusing employees and employees taking it because they're just thankful to have a job. I worked as a sales rep for a company in the technology field, two-way radios and alarms to be specific. Said company never had enough technical staff, so I started training myself and asked our lead technician to teach me to program and sort out minor problems as well as do installations which was nice since I was doing client visits one to four times a month depending on how big the client was and then I could sort out problems while I was on site. I ended up doing most of my clients installations and the manager of the technical department was happy because it was less work for him and he knows I do the jobs properly because I want to keep my clients happy. Accordingly, he had no problem signing my timesheets and overtime hours as well. Overtime was around 10 to 20 hours a month, so two to five hours a week which I think was a great deal considering I was doing the jobs of two people actually. It went well for a few months, until one day, just before payday, I get called in by the MD slash owner. He had my timesheets for the past few months in front of him. He asked me what they were, and I gave him an explanation. He scratched my OT out, saying sales reps don't get paid OT. I tried to explain to him why I was claiming OT, and that he can ask the tech manager, but he was having none of it. I was pissed as it was a little extra money, but whatever. About a week later, I was at a client about 160 kilometers, 100 miles, from the office. We had a big installation and was almost done except for programming and tidying up some cables. I checked the time and told the apprentice technician to pack up. He was like, but we're not done with the job. I told him I don't care, I don't get paid overtime, it's 2pm and it's still a 2 hour drive back to the office. We packed up. Client comes out and I gave him the explanation, saying we'll be back the following morning to finish what was effectively 30 to 45 minutes of work. Client wasn't happy, but he understands that I don't get paid to work late. I was on the road about 15 minutes when my phone rings. It was the owner, the same one that said I don't get paid overtime. He asked what I was doing and why I wasn't finishing the job, as the client was not happy. I told him the explanation above, and then I said that he said I don't get paid overtime, so I'm not working late, and will drive back to finish tomorrow. Silence for about 5 seconds, as I assumed he realized I was following his express instructions, and there was nothing he could do. He told me to go back and finish the job and we can talk about it later. I told him no, unless he pays me overtime. He says he will. I tell him to put it in an email before I'll turn back. I could hear him go red in the face. He said he'll send it now. I switched on my laptop, connected my dongle. This was still before smartphones and email on our phones. A few minutes later, the email came through. We turned around and finished the job. I got paid my overtime. 
and never again was there a query over my timesheets or hours booked. I was the only rep out of five that got paid overtime. Don't you just love that OP is in a position where they're doing extra work? Like so much extra work is falling on their shoulders that they're extending past their job's normal limits, and yet they're still trying to shortchange this person, or that owner doesn't realize how valuable OP is regardless. If you were in OP shoes, would this be enough for you to test the waters and see what other jobs are out there just in case? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Juicy Butt Farts. My job tried to charge me for personal calls on my work phone even though I had an unlimited plan. So I need to preface this by saying this happened a long time ago, like back when cell phone plans had minutes. I was working as a contractor in a hospital for a medical supply company. I was in a team lead kind of role in a small department, supervising about 20 people total. Part of my job description was to carry around a departmental cell phone at all times, even though I was an hourly employee. Kind of a bogus deal, but whatever. Employees would call me whenever, 24-7 for troubleshooting, or if they were calling in sick. I never got paid for these phone calls, but to me at the time, it wasn't a big deal. This particular area was also in the mountains, and I didn't always get the greatest reception with my T-Mobile phone. I got great reception with my work phone, so every once in a while I'd use it for personal use. After about a year of this, I get an email from my boss's boss's secretary asking me to pay for each of the calls I made. I said, sure, send me the phone records. After that, I went through the phone records over the past year and saw I'd used it maybe 10% of the time for personal calls. After adding everything up, I emailed her back. I said, I added everything up, and turns out I owe you guys X amount of dollars for my personal calls. Technically, I'm an hourly employee, so I should be getting overtime each time I pick up the phone for work purposes. Will we just subtract the difference for all these hours owed? I never heard back. I didn't push it. And they didn't either. Good on OP for just calling them out on this absolute BS. But like, maybe they should have pushed it a little further, right? Why not send in a cheeky bill, see if you can get some money out of them? Especially considering they're actually calling you when you're not working. Like, yeah, you should be paid for that time. Our next story is by CuriousCat0070, Investigator Karen's Demands. Many years ago, in a previous life, I was an investigator in a robbery-slash-homicide-slash-vice section of the organization. I had a partner, Karen, whom I worked well with for the preceding year. I'd have been warned about her backstabbing behavior in other sections, but I foolishly ignored it. Leading up to the incident, she'd been assigned three child exploitation cases that all she had to do was confirm the facts of the case, and she would have probable cause to obtain warrants. In spite of my reminders to perform the tasks, she waited until the 11th hour and then went on vacation without having completed the tasks. So, I did it for her. She could now go to a judge without further action. When she returned, she was livid and accused me of stealing her work. I said if she'd done that for me, I would have bought her lunch. From that point on, our professional relationship deteriorated, and I recalled the warnings I was given about Karen that mirrored my experience. A couple of months later, our idiot supervisor mistakenly assigned Karen and I the same case. I made contact with members of the task force and spoke with the officer who originated the case. Karen overheard my last conversation and blew her stack, saying the words to the effect of, 
You're stealing my work again. I was assigned that case. You're trying to make me look bad. I calmly explained that the idiot supervisor assigned me the case, and I showed her the paperwork. She would have none of that, though. I offered to buy her breakfast and talk it out, but she told me to screw off and added, You do not do anything on my case without permission. Do you understand? So I relinquished the case. For the next month, Karen tried to throw me under the bus for anything and everything, going into the idiot supervisor's office and complaining about me. I'd get called into the idiot supervisor's office for a 16-minute coffee break or other such nonsense. Well, a triple homicide case came down the pipe, and she wanted it bad, schmoozing the idiot supervisor to give her the case. Rather than ask me personally, she had the idiot supervisor approach me to do the forensics portion. I told him that I was told not to do anything on her case without her permission, and I didn't want to get her in trouble or upset her, so I was going to need permission for everything in writing before I did it. I needed permission to pack the forensic kit, exactly how many paper bags, plastic bags, etc., how many markers, how many swabs. I would need her written permission to enter the crime scene. How many entry photos? What distance? How would I collect each piece of evidence? How would I label them? I told the idiot supervisor to make sure she understood that because I was not to do anything on her case without her permission. He scurried off and then returned a short time later and told me that she didn't want the case and that it was mine. Don't you just love this look behind the curtains where you realize that this is a situation with investigators where a triple homicide case comes through and you find out there's an investigator here playing a big game of no I want it, it's mine, take your hands off it, as if it's a toy rattle that they feel somebody stole from them. And before we get into the big story of the day, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss my daily videos that include awesome stories like this next one written by Zenin Zosnek, how I parked wrong, paid my ticket, and yet got my money back thanks to a malicious compliance. I posted it elsewhere and I was told you might like it, so here's a story from about a decade ago when for nearly a year I was exchanging letters and emails with a Glasgow city council in Scotland. On one summer Saturday afternoon, I was moving to a new flat. There was no parking, lines in front of my new building, but loading was allowed. So I left my car there and started to run up and down the stairs with boxes of my belongings. After the last heavy box landed on the floor of my new flat, I really needed a drink. So I started to rummage the boxes looking for a glass or a cup. One thing led to another, and when at 2am I finished unpacking, I went to bed for a well-deserved sleep. My building had two entry doors, so it was only Tuesday morning when I used the same doors again and bumped on my car parked right in front of them. Dang, I forgot to move my car after I emptied it of my boxes. Let's hope I didn't get a ticket, I thought. There was nothing on my windscreen. No letter came to me over the next couple of weeks, so I just sighed in relief and forgot all about this. A few months later, a strange letter came. Glasgow City Council informed me that I haven't paid some fine and that if I don't pay it now, I'll have to pay 50% extra. I had no idea what it was about, so truthfully I answered by asking what it was all about, as I can't recall any unpaid tickets. In the next letter, they've informed me that the ticket is for parking my car on a double yellow line. I answered again truthfully that I don't park on yellow double lines, and as a former trucker, I'm aware how annoying it is for drivers of bigger vehicles. Not to mention that I would like a fire engine to get to my place in case there's a fire. 
They answer that they have proof. I then politely ask them to show me that proof. In the next letter, there was a picture of my car clearly parked on double yellow lines. I instantly recall the situation described in points 1 and 2. I've seen no reason to play fool if I was clearly in the wrong, so since there was a copy of the ticket attached to the picture, I've decided to pay the fine instantly. It was written on the ticket that if I pay within 28 days from receiving the ticket, not from the day of its issue, then I only need to pay £30. I wrote a letter apologizing for my behavior, explaining that it was a genuine oversight, but since I was in the wrong, I am to pay a ticket, so I've attached a check for £30. The check was cashed, yet some weeks later, I received yet another letter demanding to pay £60. It claims that since I failed to pay, and it's now more than three months, I now have to pay 50% extra. I answered that I paid within 28 days from the moment I saw the ticket for the first time. I got a 50% discount and that they've already cashed a check, so it's surely some mistake. They answered again that they count this £30 towards the total of 90 so I still have £60 to pay. I answered again that I paid within 28 days from the date the ticket was first delivered to me, so we should be square. I was lectured that if the ticket is put behind the windscreen wiper, it's considered to be delivered properly. I expressed my doubts, pointing out that if it was delivered properly, I would be aware of its existence. I pointed out that a ticket that's placed behind a windscreen of a parked car can be removed by anyone, so this is hardly a safe and reliable method of delivering important documents. The answer explained matters to me in details. The ticket that was placed behind a windscreen wiper of the car registered to me can be considered as a ticket delivered to me. As removing such ticket is an offense, I therefore can't expect them to act on the basis of assumption that such ticket would be removed. I politely thank them for this knowledge, admitting that it's new to me. I also inform them that I've put a check for £60 into an envelope and I place it behind a windscreen wiper of the bin lorry. This time it took them longer to respond. Response can be summed up very shortly. What the freak? What bin lorry? I was happy to explain. I quoted their previous letter and pointed out that since this bin lorry was registered to Glasgow City Council and putting important documents behind a windscreen wiper of a vehicle belonging to the recipient is considered to be a proper way of delivering them, I consider the check to be delivered properly and hope that this will help to bring the matter to its end. Next answer arrived much quicker. It's probably due to this rush that was slightly below the standards expected from the official letter sent to a taxpayer by a city council. To sum it up, the letter stated that one should not place an important document behind the windscreen wiper of a vehicle as it can be easily stolen. There were also some doubts risen about my sanity. I was happy to ensure them that I feel perfectly well both on the grounds of my body and my psyche. I reminded them that stealing is a crime and therefore we should not act on the basis of assumption that someone would steal their check from under the windscreen wiper of the bin lorry. I guess they were no longer amused. The next letter contained plenty of giant red letters and informed me that the matter will now be dealt with by the sheriff officers and messengers in arms. But if I don't like it, I can always appeal to a parking tribunal in Edinburgh. Of course, I didn't like it, so I appealed to a parking tribunal in Edinburgh. The parking tribunal in Edinburgh was initially unable to understand the issue. I paid my ticket, 
I agree that my car was parked on double yellow lines and I still want to appeal. I then explain to them that I'm not willing to contradict the ticket itself, but I'm not happy with the fact that I'm charged extra money even despite the fact that I paid a fine within 28 days of receiving a ticket. They finally agreed to consider the case and set a date during one of their sittings in Glasgow, thus sparing me the trouble of traveling to Edinburgh. About a week before the set date, I've received a letter from Glasgow City Council. It said that my ticket was cancelled. Now that's a different story. I rushed to write a letter in which I pointed out that if the ticket had to be cancelled, then I assumed it was issued wrongly and therefore I paid money I should not have paid. I demanded my £30 be returned to me. I never got any more letters regarding this matter. But on one sunny summer day, I logged into my internet banking to discover a payment of £30 from Glasgow City Council. This is just a brilliant form of malicious compliance. I appreciate the love and care that went into all of these letters, all the perfect contradictions in their policies being pointed out to them, not being afraid to escalate higher and higher, even when they're like, we'll get the sheriffs involved. OP knew that they were right and they were going to go down swinging. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.